0: So this is an unusual episode of Coaching for Profit. Uh, my daughter, Kate, was interviewing me for a school project, and uh, I thought it might be really helpful to some young business students, accounting students, and those wanting to, to become entrepreneurs. Uh, so here it is, Coaching for Profit.
1: So I know that because you're my dad, you originally started as an art major, correct? right. Yeah. Was it just simply art, or was it like a, a concentration in theater, or
0: it was an art and theater double major?
1: Now, why did you decide? What happened for you to decide uh, to change your major into accounting? It's a long theater. Well, first in my no, my fourth
0: semester, I got and had to to drop out for medical reasons. Right, I was in the week and. Was put on three weeks of bed rest. Right. Then after I recovered, I, I didn't go back to school. I was in the school of ministry mm-hmm. at the church and Pastor Walt came. Oh, that guy was telling me to go spend time with him. So I did. And while I was in Lockhart, to make a long story short, first I got a job at an insurance company and as a receptionist became an insurance agent was laid right off of that job because the owner's son-in-law lost his job and so he couldn't afford to have us both on staff. So right. then I went to work for the church in their accounting and executive administrator role. And that's when I realized that I, you know, between the two jobs, paying insurance and, and the administrator, I felt like I I wanted to go back in business mm-hmm. and I, I chose accounting because of how much I like doing the books at the church.
1: Yeah, so it was funny because today me and Mom were talking about how, you know, I'm glad I went to college, but for a lot of people it's not that option, and it's not really an option, it's because of how expensive it was. And Mom said that that was one of y'all's conversations when you went back to school, is if you'd be able to pay off all of the school debt with the type of career you're going for Was that one of the other major factors when you chose accounting instead of like finance or business management? Or is it strictly because of working the books at the church?
0: Um, I knew I wanted to be in business. Finance, I didn't know a lot about. And so I had no real experience with it. Mm -hmm. And I I always wanted to be Mm self-employed. And I knew that becoming an accountant and getting my CPA, I, I could eventually be uh, on my own, and so that was what really drove, you know, yes, you know, it's important if you do take out loans, that the career choice is going to be able to pay those loans, which I knew, you know, any of the majors in business, or not any of them, some of the business management, general business majors, you can't find work. Um, so I used to tell people that I can, as an accountant, I can do... I can do anything the general business person is hired to do but they can't do what I would be hired to do as an accountant. Right. Also, accounting, you can know, go you can work for the FBI, you can work in industry, you can actually work in banking and finance. Yeah. Even though you had a finance degree, they were hiring accountants as well. So
1: I like the idea of the the FBI agent and investigations when Like, even for the IRS, you could be a part of the forensics, and I didn't know that when it came to finance and accounting. Yeah. Accounting is very broad. So, it's a lot about your background. How long have you been in the accounting field? I don't know. Has it it been as long as I've been alive or when I was younger? Because you went back to school and me and Connor were young.
0: I went back to school the year that you were born. You were, you were born my first semester back to school. Really? <laughs> because I don't know if you, if you count working in the, in you know, doing the books of the church of the accounting field, then, you know, before you were born. Uh, but they didn't use real accounting software and I wasn't doing real accounting at the time. It was right. more of keeping a check register. Yeah. Um, And so, probably since 99, uh, I got my first internship. Yeah, I would say that
1: first internship would be good. Yeah, that's a long time. Another one of my questions, more about your job. I know how I would probably describe your job, but how would you describe your job? Like, your job description? Uh more on the accounting side and not on the property management side or the financial. So I would just say your role in BKM. Um,
0: In BKM PCM I'm the I'm CEO. Um, I don't do a lot of tax returns anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my our firm is a little unusual. Right. Because of the finance part I don't have to work in the the accounting anymore, but for for most partners and CEOs or of accounting firms our size, mm-hmm. they would be working in I would say reviewing tax returns, tax planning, business development, which is acquiring new clients and adding services to existing clients, developing the business. Right. And so my number one job is managing my staff and the vision of the company. And my the number two job is business development, is finding and bringing in new clients, new business, finding new markets. And then the last thing is reviewing tax returns and tax planning for clients.
1: Now, you don't do tax planning or reviewing very often. When's the last time you did that?
0: I do tax planning quite a bit now. Last year I reviewed, you know, probably 20 or 30 returns.
1: Yeah.
0: Out of the thousand, 1500 that we do. So it's not a lot, but I do some. Any complex returns they you want me to, to review? Uh, any complex tax issues that you know, call me and want me to help with?
1: Okay. So with your job description, probably just with BKM, what what keeps you motivated to continue doing this job? Especially, I know as accountants, it's a pretty hard job mentally sometimes because not everybody gets good news when it comes to taxes. Right. What keeps you motivated?
0: Serving clients and, and just seeing seeing their helping them reach their goals. Really, the the thing I like the most is coaching our staff. Mm-hmm. And helping them develop into the, the professionals that they're called to be, developing and training each one of them and seeing them grow and how they serve our clients and meet their needs. Oh. I love the, the I love the challenge of business in general.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The challenge of business is one: growing your business and seeing serving clients and seeing you know how that motivation increases revenue and overall us moving forward.
1: So that's what keeps you motivated. Now what's the one thing, What tell me what you like most about your job. Would you say it's kind of along the same lines coaching your staff and serving clients would be your favorite part of accounting or a part of your job description? Would you say that's about the same?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's really, you know, I I was talking to Angela. I really feel like my purpose is training and developing people. And, you know, when I first started out, my purpose was to be the best tax accountant I could be Mm -hmm. and serve my clients the best I can. And that's still there, but it's not primary anymore. When did that... Now what's primary is? is serving my staff and helping and coaching them be the best that they can be.
1: When would you say that shift happened once trying to be the best tax accountant to wanting to coach and to help your staff and serving your clients? Could you pinpoint a time when it shifted? Was it when your roles as a tax Reviewer or involved in tax with your clients changed? and it was more on your staff or
0: yeah, that's a good question i you know i don't I don't think it was one point in time mm-hmm. you know as as we've added staff and the you know, younger interns become staff accountants, staff accountants become seniors and seniors become managers um, you either hire them or see them go through that growth process, my role has changed. It just as they grew, and as we added more levels, I wasn't a part of the day-to-day operations, hands-on with tax returns. Fifty percent of my job is responding to my staff needs more than client needs. Right. And so it was it was a slower transition than all at once. But yeah, I mean, we added Grapevine; it also transitioned again. So.
1: Right your roles, constantly transitioning
0: with adding staff or things yeah, changing? Adding staff and then I've seen BKM Financial now has a team of staff and advisors that I'm also coaching and so right. that's been an additional part of my week is weekly meetings with that team mm-hmm. coaching them and helping them develop So, and that includes Uncle Ryan and Oregon and Michael and Grapefine and um, Maggie and San Angelo and David and Cedar Park,
1: so Yeah, that team has definitely grown. Besides just you and Maggie for a long time and then it was David and then she's gone on bigger and bigger, which is a really cool thing to see on an outsider's perspective. Now, going back to kind of talking about why you chose accounting, another thing that I think would is interesting that happens to people is that sometimes you pick a major, you think you have an idea in your head as to what type of job it's going to be like, but once you actually get the job, it's sometimes there's things that surprise you. What has been the biggest surprise of becoming an accountant that you were not expecting even after getting your education and your degree? I
0: don't I don't know. No.
1: Would it be maybe interactions with clients? Did they prepare you very well for that when you were in school?
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing that as a as an employee, like I I had two choices, you know, when I when I finished school, to work towards being an employee at one firm and grow and become a partner, Mm -hmm. or you know, I had I I was a, a business owner when I was only a few years out of college. So I mean the it, it happened quickly. Right. I I graduated with my bachelor's in two thousand, got my CPA certification in two thousand two. By two thousand four I had an office. I was the sole practitioner with a staff of three. What made so
1: you decide to do what? that? Huh? What made you decide to, because most people want to get work experience, work for someone for quite a long time, and then start their own practice, their, you know, their own firm. Why would you decide straight on? At
0: the time, I didn't really have a choice. Oh.
1: <laughs> Forced um, into well, it. The the firm I was at,
0: the guy that, that owned the firm wanted me to buy it. Mm-hmm. And he even changed the name. To add mine to it. And then after reviewing his financials and the fact that he hadn't done his own tax return in several years,
1: oh my gosh. I told
0: him, I don't think I want to buy it. And so almost immediately after that conversation, he told me I'm no longer an employee, but I'm a contractor. And I'll only get paid for the um, billable hours. Right. And I didn't have an employment contract, so I couldn't and couldn't complain it's okay. And by that time, we had two kids. And so I looked for work, and I actually got a job offer from another firm. Mm -hmm. And then I also found out that another guy uh, was selling. And after praying about it, I felt like that's what we were supposed to do. And and because this guy was basically pushing me out by changing me to the contractor, he wanted me to leave. Right. He didn't want to fire me. Because he didn't want to pay, you know, the unemployment. Right. Because was no cause. Not to mention, I ran his practice. He didn't show up until 11 o'clock and he left at 2 every day. And I ran everything.
1: Right.
0: And so, although he was a fantastic CPA, one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. (laughs) But Um,
1: didn't do his own stuff.
0: Yeah, he just, he had issues. He had character issues. Right. Anyway, he, uh. Because he was pushing me out, and made me look for my options, and I thought buying practice was my best option. One, because, you know, I had been laid off three times before that. And I told you about the insurance company. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one day he walked in and said, I'm sorry, I can't keep you on anymore. And I was newly married, and I, couldn't, I didn't know what to do. I, I drove oh. around town for 30 minutes. Right. And then I went to work at Arthur Anderson and they. You know, went under? Yeah. My first job out of college was working for a guy that did everything by hand. a bookkeeper and I did not get along. And because he was weak and didn't want to make her mad, he let me go. And that was four days before Christmas. Wow. And so I was tired of, of being in that situation where I was at the mercy of the employer. Right. And so my only choice was to buy a friend.
1: How long did you work for the guy that made you a contractor?
0: About two and a half, almost three years.
1: Wow. So that was during the time that you were able to get the experience, since you said that you basically ran it, to be able to have your own firm and be self-employed.
0: Yeah, because of his character issues, I had to learn client meetings, maintenance of the networking system, tax software, and manage the payroll and bookkeeping Mm -hmm. department which was only, like, two people. Right. It was a really small office, but uh, because he just didn't show up, the only thing that he did was do the final review on the returns Right. That I produced for him. And uh, he was, when I came there, he was two years behind, and he was caught up when I was on all of his tax clients.
1: It's really so, cool to see, to have this conversation, to really see how it all kind of maps out when you look at it from a different perspective. But... So going on to the to the next question, this wanted to talk to you, ask you questions kinda of about your education. So now at this point you've gotten to be self employed, but right out of college, what skills do you think are necessary for a student to have before going
0: into this field? I think every student should be an intern, a summer before their senior year and then probably during their Junior and senior year, if they can work locally near the college, they should work. I don't think it's good for students to to only do school. Mm-hmm. Even if it's part-time, it's a it's good experience because it gives you, helps you realize if that's what you really want to do. And when I became an intern, my first internship is when I decided that being a tax accountant is what I wanted to do. Until then, I thought that I would work in industry or maybe work for a church or mm-hmm. being an accountant for, you know, the hospital or something like that. But right. uh, when I was interned at the tax firm, I realized that's what I wanted. That's
1: a good answer. I think you already answered my second question.
0: But, but uh, the question you asked me about what surprised me or what they didn't teach me or in school. Yeah. And that's the sales relationships and networking. In in accounting, half of the students are probably not going to be in public accounting. Right. And that's not necessarily true, but all true. They'll they'll go to public accounting for two or three years, and and some of them will do audit and work for industry after that. Right. Probably 25% or less, and that's just a made-up number, uh, go into public accounting and so those are the small business owners, potentially small business owners then, you know, down the line. I could have used more sales and networking training.
1: That's funny because that's also the same thing that um, when Brian went, uh, had engineers come into their class to talk to the seniors. And one of their questions was, what do you think school didn't teach you that you wish that you, they did was marketing and negotiating? Because, as an engineer, you don't have marketing classes because it's technically not necessary, but when you're a right. certain type of engineering, you have to negotiate and market or deal with sales by buying parts and negotiating and
0: yeah and honestly i don't i think bio education does exactly what it needs to be mm-hmm. because I think the best experience is experience, but the best education is experience right, and you know since then. I read constantly, I read business books, and I've right. read a couple of negotiation books, i read tons of marketing books i read, and I've gotten more out of that than, you know, sitting through any class.
1: Right, right. So, going on to writing and communication, how frequently do you communicate with classes, uh, not classes, with clients?
0: Uh, every day?
1: Yeah, that's why I was saying I'm pretty sure you
0: have to talk to somebody every day. Well, I mean, what a part of my business development is preparing proposals,
1: mm-hmm.
0: presentation slides. And recently I've been doing, I don't know how effective it is until I get some feedback from a couple of good clients that will give me the truth. Um, right. I created a slide presentation and made a short video. Uh, the slides with me talking over them mm-hmm. and to send to the client to talk about our services, communication, multimedia. I've been writing blogs and podcasts and we've done two podcasts. They're going to be released this month and next month. I'm working on the next one today. Um, when I first started you know, that first year in my practice, I had to file tons of amended returns and then there are tons of audits mm-hmm. audit or letters IRS letters to answer. Yeah. And respond to and so, you know, you have to get very good at talking to the IRS and you don't talk to the IRS like you talk to clients. So it's very different.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen the the sample letters from uh, that we have in our files and they're definitely very different from the sample letters that you send to clients. Right. And I knew that you had to make that at some point. <laughs> yeah. So I think that answers, you've answered my next question, which was kind of like on average, how much do you write in the week? And I would say probably pretty often with the IRS letters, preparing proposals, and then emails. I'm sure you write emails every day, multiple times a day. Yeah, and each one has a, has a
0: different audience. Knowing your audience is the most important thing. Um, you know, Katie. Is really good about the document request emails. Mm -hmm. She's clear in size. She asks for the document and and gives the reason why, which I think is helps the client to comply with the request. Yeah,
1: that's Uh, a really good idea.
0: And that's one of the things she's really, really good at. It's difficult to communicate with the IRS in their language. Right. Can't use vernacular because it just doesn't. If you make any assumptions, and there's no, you can't imply or assume that they know the taxpayer that you're responding about, or what you mean when you say a certain thing. So you have to explain it
1: in mm, an eloquent, are, non-offending way.
0: You have to explain it like they just don't know anything, and then you have to use IRS regulations, code sections to back it up. Mm-hmm. and then be very precise as to what your request is or how you want them to
1: respond. Right. So you would never talk to a client the same way that you do in that, to the IRS. So audience is yeah. very important. That's definitely one of the things they talked about. There's even a section that I had to learn how to write emails um, in this class. And that's what they say is the audience. And it was funny because every person I've ever emailed in the professional setting, like insurance, baking, even Carolyn, it was, they all failed. <laughs> They're not very good at emailing <laughs> according to the standards of the textbook, but. but.
0: Uh, and, and, you know, as you get more familiar with people like Carolyn and I, we, we will email like a text. And so, yeah, like, yeah. We've known you for so long.
1: Yeah. yeah I, it
0: doesn't have to be you know, professional level anymore. Originally, it was. Everything that I did with all of them when I first met them and first started working with them. Very professional, very
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, detailed, formal.
1: I agree on that because I definitely don't, I'm not formal with you or Maggie or other people that within, you know, employees, but I try to be professional. I don't know if I've ever been lax with my emails, not really, but I think that's just because. Writing is my one of my things, and so I think I just always overanalyze and, and I'm wordy sometimes. Um, so you already answered my next question when you were talking about continuing education, how you always read, um, writing blogs, podcasts. What books specifically, um, if you have any titles on the top of your head, do you recommend to read um, when it comes to accounting?
0: When it comes to accounting?
1: Yeah, or even, um, being a business owner, just something that's within your field or industry, would you recommend?
0: Uh, well, one of the best business books of all time is Jim Collins, Good to Great.
1: Taking businesses that
0: have good, that are currently good and making them great. Actually, everything he's written on business, he's got a group of books built to last, Good to Great, um, uh, Great by Choice, How the mighty fall in
1: accounting. I guess there's not much for accounting since you constantly are having to do continuing education.
0: Well, I mean, there's I don't necessarily read books in accounting, I read business books because business management, like I told you, my main focus right now is coaching and managing my team. Okay, recently I uh, read a book, it's on the top of my list now, but not the most recent version. I like the third version, not the fifth version.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: coaching for performance, and it's how to get the best out of your your team members. I don't know if that's the tagline.
1: So what advice would you give to students besides
0: never, interning? Never, never stop learning. Don't Don't think that once you Once you leave college that you're learning complete, if that is the way you feel, you would be stagnant and you won't grow. What would you have, what frustrates me about some of my staff is I ask them to read a book and come back a couple months later, hey, did you read that? (laughs) No. I was busy working. Like, well, you're not working all the time. Right. Well, when I'm home, I don't want to think about work.
1: Okay. You're you're missing it. What is that they're missing?
0: They're they're just missing opportunity, an opportunity to grow and be better at their job and excel. they will continue to learn and continue to implement some of the things that they will learn, you know they'll get paid more. They'll find more clients. They'll be able to go farther than than the people that don't. Right.
1: So, what do you wish that you've done differently to prepare for your career?
0: Starting senior.
1: I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I was 26 when I graduated my bachelor's
0: degree. Right. And everybody else was 23. I felt like I was three years behind.
1: That's exactly the same situation, I feel.
0: But at the same time, you know, when you first ask the question, my first instinct is I wouldn't change anything. Right. Everything that I did had purpose and brought me exactly where I am. If I had done things the regular way, I probably would be in police somewhere. You know? I don't know. Right. Struggles I've had and things I've gone through made things better, not worse. Right.
1: If you continued to stay in college you wouldn't be in the same situation. You've never gotten that experience from the church to decide to do accounting.
0: Yeah. So I would have been with our teacher
1: our lives would have been very different. Uh I think that's really it. Is there anything else that you'd like to say that I didn't ask?
0: To accounting students?
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be just to general students, but really it's kind of focused on my major, which is like finance and accounting.
0: Yeah, don't make decisions based on money. Make decisions based on what you put. As far as the the work, I'm not saying that you should follow your passion. You can have passion in what you do. Mm -hmm. If you if you're gonna become an accountant, choose to be the best. Find that path. Um, But then if you if you're offered a decision, because like like I said, I was offered a good paying job at a local firm or by a CPA firm that that didn't offer guaranteed money, nothing was guaranteed. I wasn't even sure I was going to make any money. But I chose what I thought was going to be more of a calling than a job.
1: Right. Now, since you're my dad, I am curious. How did mom feel about all this? To make that big decision with kids, that's pretty crazy. I think a lot of people have gone a safe way out. I decided to take that risk.
0: Yeah. um, <laughs> You know, she stopped thinking I was crazy a long time ago. She or stopped telling me I was crazy. She, I would always tell people I was gonna do this, do that, and everybody, everybody would say, We can't do that because you know, I told people I was gonna pass a CPA exam the first time. Yeah. That's just unheard of and I did. And I told them I was gonna buy a rental property, own a hundred houses and you know, I did. I've made these statements over and over again because I believe that's what I'm called to do, not because of arrogance. I told her I thought we were Supposed to buy the firm, and she was like, okay. I don't know how she felt about it. I, honestly, I don't know what she honestly felt about it. I don't know if she, she had any fear in that or not. I would say no, but it may have been, it probably should have been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean,
1: if I was in <laughs> the situation mom was in, you know, thinking if that was the same situation me and Ryan was in, it's just, you know, that would be really hard to be okay with that. <laughs>
0: So. Yeah, not only were we looking at choosing between a good-paying job at a stable CPA firm or buying a business where we're going to debt. Mm-hmm. That I was personally guaranteeing with a client list that I didn't know anything about. You know, mm-hmm. looking back, I didn't do my I didn't do very good job of due diligence. <laughs> I didn't pay attention. Like I would not have bought that firm today. Right. my criteria that I use today, that firm would have been
1: immediately turned down. (laughs) You live and you learn. Yeah. Uh, I guess this will be my last question, maybe to be able to wrap it up, but when did you decide to do financial services and property management?
0: Um, We bought our first rent house the year that I graduated college. What? We also bought a residence. We actually bought three houses.
1: So you did it all around the same time. I was thinking it was more of a domino effect.
0: No, I, as soon as I got my first job, is when I started looking for real estate. And the house we bought on Wilson was our personal residence. And my goal is to live in it two years and sell it. Right. And buy more. Right. And then. In October of that year, I bought my first rent house, and then in November, I bought my second. Um, unfortunately, that December, is my first employer fired me.
1: Wow. So you bought so, real estate before you even had your own firm? Yeah. How did you even get a loan? That's crazy. I guess the your whole life about properties is for another time, but...
0: Well, that's, I'm writing a book about it, so you'll be able to read it. Nice. And, uh, I'm on the fourth chapter. But, yeah, it, it was, the property management was creating my real estate portfolio.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Something that, that, even before we were married, I always talked about this. And, and then when I graduated, it was time to do the and start. And uh, the financial services, and when I got my license was in 2008, Mm-hmm. Know anything about the markets? Yes. That was the <laughs> They friends. crash Nobody was really doing any business. Everybody was pulling out of the cash. and putting stuff in cash. So it was really slow starting and tax clients that don't know that I'd be trying to with services and investments and retirement. we try to tell them, we try to market, we try to Facebook, we do what we can. Right.
1: Well, I think that's it. For this interview, I think I have
0: a lot. Well, that was a interview my daughter did, and and I really enjoyed it, and enjoyed spending time with her. And I hope you did too. I believe it's going to help somebody out there to become an entrepreneur and to see, you know, what our experience was, and and maybe that'll help somebody. This has been coaching for profit, where profit equals potential minus barriers.